Productions. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Make sure to like and subscribe, and I hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, it's seven o'clock. Let's live in the building. Hey, money, M's, you ready? Let's go. Welcome to M Street, the hottest podcast. And all that cash and money, M's pockets, it look like thigh pads. He talking trending topics, he ain't no carbon copy. We talking sports, music, and fashion, and other options. To get us out the hood and keep that paper coming And I smoke cones, not backwards, I'm about to blaze an onion These rappers flexing on the gram and they got fake cheddar This intro was provided to you by Flip Mayweather That right, that right Yeetie, yeetie, money else, what's up? What's up, what's up, Yeah, Lil Flip in the building Screwed up click Welcome to Elm Street Yo, 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 welcome to Elm Street. I'm your boy, I'm your host, Money Elms, man. Today is a special day, man. I got a great guest in the studio, well, not in the studio, but we're doing our first Skype interview. So we'll see how it goes. Um, we've been having some crazy weather out here in Dallas. Like I always say, this weather out here is bipolar, man. One day is sunny, one day is rainy. The next day is snowing. It's just very unpredictable. But we're having some uh, cold weather in the beginning of spring. How about that? But um, you know what? Without further introduction, man, I got to bring out my special guest. I'm actually very excited. Um, let me go ahead and uh, introduce him. So we got Orlando Leba in the house. What's going uh, on, brother? What's going on, Elmer? I'm just here, brother. Coming VI interwebs, bro. So they're already watching you on internet and uh, podcasting and all of that. So now I'm your I'm happy I'm your first guest that's coming in like this, doing that through a Skype interview. Yeah, nah. well, you know we we were supposed to have him here on the studio, but uh, unfortunately my man is very busy right now. He's getting booked left and right, and um, I was like, hey, I can't have you in the studio. At least I could have you on the webcam. You know, it's better than nothing. No, you got it, man. And it's my pleasure being here, man. Man, thank you. I appreciate it a whole lot, man. So um, we're going to go ahead and just jump right in to trending topics and uh, what's popping out in the streets. So um, I wanted to ask your point of view, since you're a comedian, what was your take as far as uh, the whole George Lopez and Ralph Barbosa incident? Um, It was it was interesting. Um, uh, I it. I remember that day, though, my phone just blew up. People were hitting me on the phone. Here's the thing. The same day that it happened, I'm on, I'm at the hotel and it's the night before going to go do, I'm going to go do my fourth tonight show with Jimmy Fallon. So all this is coming in and I vibrate different, man. I'm a positive energy guy. I don't like negativity. Yes, sir. But, um, I took a beat. Uh, when it came in, I saw people send me the clip. Oh, this dude saying this about Ralph. I actually know Ralph and I know the hard work that Ralph has put. He's a local guy. He's actually from Dallas. And, um, I just, I, I text Ralph. I said, Hey, man, we, we fight negativity with love, something corny like that. I said to him. And then I said, This guy just did you a favor. You know, he just sent a bunch of people your way. And his reply, Ralph is like a good dude, man. His reply instantly was like, yes, he did. And, um, I'm all, I'm good, man. I'm all good. And I was just like, that was cool, you know? Yeah. But it was, it, I've never met George Lopez, so I can't speak on the man because I don't speak on men that I don't know personally. Mm. But what I do know that topic about, uh, going out for self, um, there's a few people that think like that. And not helping anybody out on the topic of, oh, I already let, I already set a, a template. And all you got to do is follow that template the same way that people kind of describing it the same way that you would write a resume if you've never wrote a resume, you know? Yeah. And, and I, 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 I said, 
to myself, man, you just got caught out of pocket for a minute. Um, I don't know if that's truly what's in your heart, because I personally know uh, comics like Momo Rodriguez. He's on he's on the George Lopez, Lopez versus Lopez. And before that, he was in Mayans. He was he got uh, killed. His character got killed in the show Mayans. And I know for a fact that um, George helped him out. He helped him out with an acting coach and helped him get there. And probably it wasn't his first uh, his first action that he wanted to do towards Momo. Mm -hmm. But then he know he Momo he hangs out. Momo hangs out with him. He's a close friend of George's. And I guess George figured it out. Oh, I gotta help this guy. Plus his track record. Um, I'm I'm a good I'm a I try to be a good listener in life and one of the things about george that i've heard in interviews before is that how scared he was when sandra bullet was following him i believe either to the brea improv or the ice house because she wanted to see him live because potentially she was going to be the cosign he needed to get the george lopez show on the air and sure enough she followed him and he talks about and this anybody can look up these interviews with George Lopez. He talks about looking in the rearview mirror and just being afraid that at any minute she was going to pull off the highway and be like, this is too far. Wherever it is that he's taking me to go see him is too far. And he also talks about bombing that night in front of Sandra Bullock. And um, she telling him, no, don't worry. This is this. Don't worry. I, I get it. I know how this comedy thing can be. And um, she took a, she gave him a hand. And Sandra Bullis, the beginning stories of the George Lopez show, mm-hmm. plus the writers. He also talks about his writing team, the creators of the George Lopez show, how they went and fought for him. And they were like, hey, George Lopez needs to be a creator in this show. Yeah. Which is a game changer, which is a game changer. You being a creator, now you're talking about for generations your family is going to be able to eat after you leave. You know, yeah. that's one thing is being an executive producer, an actor on a show. But what that creator credit, that's every time your show gets sold. And till this day, the George Lopez show, God bless, is still being aired on different networks. So I think he just got caught out of pocket. I don't I don't know if it's mind state where his Mine was that day when mm. Steve Trevino and God bless Steve Trevino because Steve Trevino is an amazing human being. Not a lot of people know him that way. I've, I've had the opportunity to sit and talk with Steve Trevino and I know some of his trials and tribulations that he's gone through in life. But, uh, I love the evolution of Steve Trevino where he really is like, man, I got my house in Texas. I got my kid. I got my family. I got my own lane. Mm-hmm. I got nothing else left but to help out the new people coming along. Yeah. And some of the old ones that have just haven't had that opportunity. Yeah. So shout out to Steve Trevino, man, for, for even bringing, bringing up Ralph Barbosa's name that day. Yeah. I was, uh, when I first heard, uh, the little clips that started surfacing up, you know, I was a little myself disappointed because I'm for one, I'm from LA and then mm-hmm. now I live here in Dallas. So it was like, I represent both. Yes. So I was like, man, George Lopez is from around the same neighborhood where I'm from at, you know, out there in the Valley. Mm-hmm. So I was like, and then I'm out here in Dallas, you know, and Ralph is, down you know he's from down the street in oak cliff so it's like i mean i was like wow man i was like i was like man i was like why does it always have to be that uh that latino versus latino Mm -hmm. well i did see an interview with ralph and uh we talked about it when uh he was here i actually went to go see ralph he sold something that a lot of comics haven't done at the hollywood improv he sold out five uh six shows a total of six shows two shows a night and he sold them all out um and he taught he said it he said it in other podcasts george called him directly and he was like hey man i apologize so i feel that's where it ended i feel george realized that he was out of pocket 
because he could have been, dude, he's an OG and he could just be sitting uh, wherever he wants to sit and not even have to answer to anybody yeah. on that. So, but I, I love the fact that as a man, he called Ralph and, um, and made that peace with Ralph and apologized to him. Hey, I was wrong. You know, I apologize, you know, yeah, this but they, this is the flip side of the story that people don't talk about. You know, this is just a little blip. Yeah. But like I said, yeah. I, I, I'm a man and I live by a certain code mm -hmm. and in, in my code, he fulfilled an honorable uh, moment where he apologized. He called that man directly and got on the phone. Yeah. Didn't make no Internet yeah. apology to all the fans that he lost and all the the young generation that's like oh you're 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 not you're not you you forgot who you are whatever it is that was being thrown his way he didn't even go that route which is the normal way that people go yeah he was the route of let hey get me barbosa's cell phone number i need to call him yeah. and he called that man on his cell phone hey that's that's yeah. a stand-up thing to do as a man um mm -hmm. and hey i'm glad they patched things up and you know mm -hmm. we, we could look this look at this and just put it behind us and yeah, I, I don't think it's patched up, <laughs> but I think yeah, it's just like because not everything needs to be patched up. Not everything needs to be. Hey, I apologize. Good. We don't need to cross paths anymore. You know, yeah. we I know where I stand with you and you know where you stand with me. And it's like it's kind of like those two OGs in the neighborhood that don't really like each other. Yeah. But they don't mess with each other and they don't cross each other's lines, you know? Yeah. And the same thing with family members. There's certain family members. We all have them. We love them. But it's like, man, when that, oh, so-and-so's there? No, I'm going to pass on. I'll see grandma next week. You know? Like, oh. But if something happens to that family member, it's still going to hurt. It's still going to, you're still going to try to do your part to help them or, you know, to celebrate them whenever they can. But Ralph is in a good lane, man. He's all right. He's he's doing the right thing, and man, he's in he's an authentic, pure stand-up comic. Oh, yeah. You know, I I I can just imagine all the things that are being offered to him, but that purity is um is beautiful to see. I just I just I just hang on the side, man, and I watch people work and. Mm -hmm. That young man has a pad on him all the time. Yeah. You know, he's always writing and writing. And he's very like, even, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm, um, I'm that dude, but he treats me like I'm that dude. Like, Hey man, what's up? And everything. You know, I, I don't approach you because I don't want to bother you. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm different, man. You can approach me. I'm good. I, but I know that I give off, uh, <laughs> Uh, Jesus Sepulveda, another comedian, uh, gave me this, gave me this. He goes, Orlando, you give off cat vibes. You're like a cat. You're kind of loving, but it's like people don't know whether or not to mess with you or not. And, the, and it's just like, I just stay in my own lane, you know, Elmer? I just stay in my own lane. Yes, sir. So salute to Ralph Barboza and all the exit you're having right now, homie. Yeah. Hopefully uh, he'll be sitting here in the studio soon. We'll yeah. see. We'll see how that goes. But um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is uh, the whole Chris Rock situation with Will Smith. Yeah. Did you was was you able to catch uh, his special? He did. Uh, the last one. Oh, Chris Rock special. Yeah, well, it was Chris Rock. It was great. Some people feel some type of way about it. Oh, he needs to get over it. He needs to. It's like no, dude. He's a comic. This is what comedians do they build up their material by their life experiences you know mm -hmm. you don't just sit there in a room and write jokes you go and live life and then that's what you talk about and obviously a lot of the people that might be complaining about chris rock never liked chris rock in the first place or haven't done the research and seen all his material mm -hmm. you know but right now it's so funny because what uh, it's also going on as Marlon Wayans. I recommend anybody right now. Marlon Wayans special is on HBO Max. Watch Marlon Wayans special. And he talks about, he, he tells the story how Chris Rock sat in the front row and heckled him for his whole show back in the day and made him quit comedy. He quit comedy because Chris Rock heckled him and was like, let's see if you're funny. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm. Which more which Wayne's are you? Tito? You know, that type <laughs> of that type of line. So I highly recommend Marlon Wayne's uh special and Chris Rock special, man. Uh people wanted to know. People were watching just for the, you know, for the cheese man, just for the gossip. What's it what's he gonna say? How's he gonna say it? Yeah. I was watching it for 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 the art, the comedy that Chris Rock brings to us, you know, mm. which is he's a reporter, man. He reports, you know. Yeah. I thought it was pretty, pretty funny. Some of the some of the stuff that he did say. Um, mm -hmm. Apparently, um, Will Smith said that he hasn't caught it yet. But people close to him reported back to him of the stuff that he said. And apparently, he, you know, he's like, yeah, people need to get over it, need to get past this. Um, I can't believe he said, I can't believe he's disgusted that uh, Netflix actually gave Chris Rock the platform to do what he did. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking at it like, well, I mean, should not done what you did. Oh, you broke, you broke, you broke code, man. You broke code. You <laughs> went up there and you decided to embarrass that man. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. decided to embarrass that man. That's going to live on for life. His grandkids are going to see that, you know, that's going to be like one of those moments, you know, that, Maybe I'm not even going to be here or Chris Rock will be here, but that's going to be like the last hundred years on uh, moments of the last hundred years. And that's going to I we can pretty much I'm willing to gamble. That's going to be one of the moments of the last hundred years. That's going to be there in history where people are going to talk about it, you know. But, you know, Chris Rock, a true professional because, you know, the show must go on. And, yeah. he, you know, he didn't he didn't he didn't break. You know, he kept going. So, oh, yeah, because he's that he's that brother in the in the because I know I know the Rock Brothers mm. and I don't know Chris, but I know Tony and I know his other brothers and his other. That would have been a different situation, even though, you know, like, you know, uh, uh, Will Smith was Ali. And if you read Will Smith's book, which I did, he uh, after Ali. He decided to train his whole life the same way. So he trained, he kept training boxing. He kept training mm -hmm. and uh, he attacked every project like the same way that a boxer goes into camp when he has a championship match coming up. So if you ever get a chance to read his book, um, that I put, that's one of the things that I clearly remember out of, out of Will Smith's book. And uh, the other one is that his wife said, I don't want to marry you. I, I don't want to get married. I just want to be together. I don't want to get married, you know? And then when he went and bought the big ranch, he said, she told him, I don't want to live here. And he goes, no, you're going to love it living here. You're going to love being married. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, read between the lines on that, <laughs> on those chapters. Now that more things are coming out. And that uh, what I what I'm telling you is I don't speak on nobody. This is the stuff that people have voluntarily put out in the world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I remember getting the Will Smith book just to see just, you know, because I'm a strong believer in that that success leaves clues and it leaves um, and it leaves footprints and it leaves a, a blueprint. All these things are said about success. And it's true. No one's really reinventing anything. It's just they're just doing it over it. They find a better way to make a the wheel, just a faster way or a more effective way of of making the wheel. And all these these things that I read or that I watch or is just always looking for those clues. And like from Will Smith, I I, I do gotta take it that I love the fact that every project he says, I train for every project like I was training for a boxing match, like if I was doing Ali. You know, so I love that. That I I love that mind state where you can just focus on one thing. But yeah, man. Hopefully that uh, I don't think that's another one that's gonna ever be settled. It's just gonna be like you're over there and I'm over here. Yeah, you know. Even but in between all that, Marlon Wayans, man, because <laughs> it's just so it's so. It, I like when a comic is just having a good moment. And like two other guys we just talked about, one is Ralph Barbosa, the other one is Marlon Wayans right now with his special on HBO. Yeah, I'm going to have to catch it most definitely, man, because uh, I didn't even know he had a special that came out. Oh, you're going to love it, man, because he, he, he puts in 
a lot of information because he knows the both of them well. Yeah. You know, everybody, you know, because that's one of those families, the wings that everybody needs to kind of pay their respect to what they've accomplished. Cool, cool. I appreciate that you could uh, share your opinion on those two subjects. But um, what was your so what what was your opinion on on which which one? Um, Will Smith and Chris Rock. I mean, you know, he's a comic. At the end of the day, you know, like you said, you know, he's putting out material that of experiences that he goes through, and yeah. hey, you know, Will Smith gave him the material. Yeah, and you know, I thought it was, but f- also as a man, and I don't know if you're in a relationship, we're not that close, but I'm a husband too. I I also wonder, like, if I'm sitting there in the front row and a comic makes fun of my wife, how would I react? But I'm also Latino and I'm also, you know, I grew up with brothers that's like, nah, you you let that simmer and you catch them when nobody's watching. That way there's no witnesses. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's just like, my whole family's all, I'm the only one that everybody else is kind of goon adjacent. So I'm the... I've gotten a lot of knowledge on how to pull off certain uh, miscellaneous activities yeah, and how you pull them off. Because, I mean, Jada did give him the third degree right after those jokes. And, and it looked like Will Smith was he thought it, they were funny. Yeah, that's 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 where that's where the, his whole. I don't think, code, I don't think Jada code. was mad of the jokes that Chris Rock said. I think she was mad because of Will Smith's reaction. Yes. He laughed about it. You yeah. know, so she looked at him like, you know, this look is for you, not for him. Yes, yes, yes. And then I guess and he was he like, fig- oh, man, I, I got to figure I better this. do something. So he re- reacted on impulse. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm lucky my wife has never put me in that predicament. She's also very smart, very intelligent woman that she can maneuver her way through situations and uh <laughs> I remember us being in a lounge and someone disrespecting not my wife, but a family member. And she was a female and it was a guy. And I just remember my, I just stepped in right away and my wife went to defuse the situation. Uh, I ended up getting punched in the eye, but it was because my wife was hanging on my back trying to climb over me to get to the guy and i was just like i thought you were the diffuser like why (laughs) you got me you got me cut under the eye over over trying to trying to you also get into some you know so hey hey, that kind of reminds me of this this incident that i had one time so the whole night i had you know we were at the club and i had these guys just you know like doing little stuff that kind of aggravated me, were irritating me. A couple of times we would walk by and they would bump me. And I was like, and then everybody was like, hey, you need to calm down. Why are you so aggressive? I was like, hey, I'm not doing anything. These guys are provoking me. So the yeah. whole night they were, they were busy just trying to calm me down and everything. But thank God nothing happened. I didn't yeah. get involved in no altercation. But yeah. at the end of the night, I remember we're outside, we're outside the club. And some chick bumps my girl and she starts, you know, she started getting a little rowdy. Yeah, she turned uh, up the volume. Yeah. So then I'm like, I see cops and I'm like, hey, not right now. This is not the place. I was like, we need to get out of here. And, you know, the cops clearly see that I'm trying to defuse the situation. And in the moment I get maced in the face. I mean, yeah. the, the cop just came up straight into my face with the can of mace and he maced me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, this is this is for you because she's getting out of line. So here you go. Yeah. And I took it. Yeah, you have to. And then you just look then then you look at her and you're like, why were you why? Why were you trying to get active? <laughs> why were you getting active right now? <laughs> You were telling me, you know, like, oh, um, no. yeah. And you probably already read the room earlier. You knew that you should have gotten out of there way earlier than what oh, you yeah. did. But oh, everybody yeah. was vibing and everything. Yeah. yeah Some people time. just don't have the spidey sense, man. Oh, yeah. I have the spidey sense right away, man. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And the thing that I've learned to do is just to leave. Hey, we're leaving. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you, you want to have a. Uh, uh, an argument here or an argument in the car. I'm down for it. 
but we're leaving. Oh yeah. And then, then later on we'll get a phone call. Yo, you wouldn't believe what happened. I said, I don't even want to know what happened, <laughs> but I know it wasn't good because I saw the room. I read that energy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, nowadays it won't happen now, but you know, we was young and dumb. That's usually what happens. No, I've never been with that. I've never been dumb, but I'm 10 years older, 10 years younger than my older brothers. Mm -hmm. So like I learned through them. And then my mom used to say in Spanish, uh, apuro trompezones, tu, tu aprende a levantar los pies, which means the more you trip, the more you learn how to pick up your feet, which it translates into you, you learn from your mistakes, but a real smart person. And I'm not saying I'm really smart. But she, but she used to tell me this, a really smart person learns from other people's mistakes, yeah. you know? So my older brothers, I love them. They're both uh, beautiful human beings, but they had knuckles on top of knuckles. They were like, they were gladiator status. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I remember being so proud of them when I was a kid, but then I was also, yeah, it doesn't, that doesn't look cool. <laughs> That's not a good look right now, dude. You have a busted lip. That's not a good look, bro. So now we're going to jump into uh, the interview portion, let the audience get to know who Orlando is. Let's do it. So um, I guess let's start off with uh, with your early history, you know, where you where your parents from and where were you uh, born and raised? I was born in Puerto Rico. Both of my parents are Dominican. Mm -hmm. uh, due to legal problems, we ended up all living back in, in Dominican Republic. Uh, just the paperwork wasn't right. Let's just leave it at that. But um, uh, but I was a U.S. citizen because I was born in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And then we we got a whole nother set of papers and those were more legit. Yeah. And we fast forward, lived in New York for a little bit. I didn't like it. Uh, and then we moved down to Florida and I grew up in Florida. So I'm a Florida boy. I'm fluent in Spanish. I, I go in and out of Spanish with no problem. I remember Steve Trevino, comedian Steve Trevino, and I tell him this every time that he sees me. Mm. I said, man, thank you for the best advice. And he goes, what did I tell you? I said, you saw me at the Miami Improv doing stand-up, and you said, hey, you know how you do that Spanglish thing that you're always just talking Spanglish as you're telling your jokes? He goes, you don't need to do that. Just tell your jokes in English. You're doing American stand-up. Tell your joke. You can always pull the Spanish out of your back pocket. That's that's an easy. That's easy for you. And because I was basically doing stand up for a Miami local crowd mm -hmm. and he saw that this is the beautiful thing about Steve. He saw it in me. I want to say that like you're bigger than this, man. You can you don't need to just perform in Miami. You can perform in Albuquerque and you can perform in. You can perform in, in Arizona and in Texas and in and in Milwaukee and in, you know, and I've been to all these in Seattle and Washington, D.C., New York City, Chicago. And thanks to Steve Trevino, I that advice just stuck with me everywhere. And like I said, like he said, that Spanish, I can pull it out anytime that I need it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So prior to stand up i i bounced around like you i did a lot of jobs uh some of them uh were in music some of them were in the last ones were in uh tv production i was a satellite engineer mm -hmm. for cbs news in south florida so i got to chase hurricanes and cover the super bowl and shuttle launches i was also a cameraman and then um my wife thought that i was depressed or something and she got me for she got me classes to go do improv acting. I did improv acting. And then that teacher said, Hey, you should, um, you should try stand up. Improv isn't for you. And then I tried stand up and then that was it. So it just came from one day your teacher just said, Yeah, yeah. I was 32 years old and it was like a natural thing. These natural conversations that I was having with my friends, I just started bringing them on stage. And my style is more of a, of a, of a storyteller when I'm doing stand up and um which is our our culture is built on storytelling you know is these stories that get passed down through generations and then you just start living your life and you start telling the story you start reporting on it you remember the you first know? club you performed at Miami Improv man I wear that like a badge of honor that thing you you had to be on you had to you had to be solid 
you couldn't you couldn't play around. Wow. Yeah. Were you, were you, you couldn't mail it in there. So were you nervous? Uh yes, it's always nervous, but I always embrace it. I embrace the nerves. Uh um I the anxiety thing, I don't I I I don't I recognize it and if you suffer from anxiety, my heart goes out to you and I hope you figure out a way to deal with it. I just sometimes I I make sure that I don't get confused anxiety with excitement. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you're not you're not just I'm not suffering from anxiety. I'm just excited. But sometimes I got I'm driving in the highway and I got to pull over because traffic is a little bit overwhelming, dude. I feel like someone's going to hit my car and my mind goes there mm-hmm. and I got to pull over and get my mind out of that yeah. and then get back on the highway. You know, that's anxiety. <laughs> When I'm going on stage, no anxiety. It's just like, oh, okay. I give thanks and and I and I keep it going, man. I keep it moving. I'm excited about this moment that's about to happen. You know, okay. I prepared. I'm ready. So the anxiety, there's no anxiety behind that because I've done the work. You know. Have you ever had a heckler in one of your shows? Oh, and every comic has them. You know, and then I used to do the old stuff where I used to go mean. And like talk about them and like, you know, mm-hmm. but now is this thing has happened. But, you know, obviously it's after COVID and everything. Um, and you're also talking to a man who's in touch with his feelings a lot. I'm, I feel way too much. I go out to the desert. Uh, I've had therapy, you know, now I now I talk to them. Like what happened? What made you say that? What what happened between here and the parking lot? that has you having this outburst because it ain't it ain't even for me you know and i start questioning them and i'll start like a little interview with them and do like a little quick session with some of the tools that i've learned throughout my life mm. and uh now i'm having like when it's a heckler and now it's that it turns into like a a learning moment a learning moment for me a learning moment for that person and then i go you know yeah. are you are you upset that i'm that I said that about that person or are you really upset that your dad never told you that he loved you? And this is the way that it's manifesting. You know what I'm saying? It's all right. Those dudes are old school. They didn't know how to say I loved you. The way they said I love you was by paying the rent and keeping food on the table. You know what I'm saying? That's how he said, don't worry. Not everybody got hugged. I didn't get hugged. You know, like I, I start saying, and it becomes funny because to a certain generation, yeah, they didn't grow up with their mom and dad saying, I love you. So I pivot into that from the anger that first gets thrown at me. Oh, I didn't like what you just said mm-hmm. about this. And the thing is that um, uh, the comedian Bill Burr put it best. He said, once the joke leaves your mouth, it's not your joke anymore. It lands. It lands on you and you're going to cut that the audience is going to cut it with their ears and their childhood and what they've gone through that day so i have a lady who got up one day and wanted to slap me and i was doing an ikea joke you know yeah how my wife can't build ikea furniture because she's too smart ikea furniture is and this is like an old joke when i'm first starting out i said ikea furniture is for is for children and men because it's all drawings. There's no, there's no literal grab screw number two and put it. It's all cartoon drawings. So if you're, if you try to attack it, like you're too smart, it's not going to (laughs) happen. And this lady got up on stage at the Miami improv and took a full swing slap at me. And I just moved out of the way like Neo in the matrix. Yeah. 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 This is way before she was ahead of her time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Did did she get tackled by security? No, I actually, I actually, because uh, I moved out of the way and she was about to fall off the stage, so I caught her and I helped her get straight up. And then I put the mic down and I said, "What are you doing right now?" And then she kind of like came out. She was blacked out. She just blacked out. And when security came to grab her, I was, I was, I, I held security down and I was like, "No, nah, she's all right. She's gonna go back to her table." She just needs some water. Some if one of the servers can please bring her some water. And she was like, "Yeah, all I need is a little bit of water." And she sat back down, and because um, I knew she was a woman, man. If I would have made 
a big ruckus about it, that that audience would have turned on me also. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> so let, let me ask you about your HBO special. That Dale. I thought it was hilarious, dude. Yeah. Adorable, man. Adorable is one of my uh, finest moments uh, right now. It still it airs on HBO Max. If you don't have HBO Max, do what I tell everybody. Uh, just sign up for a week and then set the alarm for the fifth day to make sure that you cancel it, you know, but <laughs> go in there, watch my special adorable and then watch the whole farm team. I like to call it like it's a major league uh, team, but this is like a whole if you pay attention to what Edwin Licona has done and Victor uh, with Viva Films, they've created this farm team where they put you on as a five minute or as a 15 minute and then that develops to like the second time you come back around now let's give you a half hour so now they're coming back around and they're like orlando let's give so my first time uh working with viva films with edwin licona and victor um uh, my first time it it was uh it was um five minutes for ida rodriguez special mm. uh for entity knows the the That's what the the series is called, the Ente de No series. And you got uh, Jesus Sepulveda, you got Eric Rivera, you got Jerry Garcia, you got Ida Rodriguez, Marcela. She just dropped one. Ralph Barbosa is one of them. And it's all there. It's like we have this whole beautiful section of uh, uh, Latino stand-ups that are not doing typical Latino, like what you, what people assume the Latinos do. It's like, these are people like writing and being true, uh, craft craftsmen of their, of, of their comedy. And it's beautiful. So, but even then it's all, it's all help. This is all because I did a spot at, with, for Ben Gonzalez at the Westside theater comedian Ben Gonzalez and Edwin Licona came to see that show and he nudged Edwin Licona and he was like, Hey, you need to watch Orlando. He goes, yeah, I've never heard of this guy. And he watched me. And after the show, he's like, yo, I want to give you like five minutes. And then he cleared it with Ida Rodriguez, another great standup. And Ida was like, Hey, you need to have Orlando. This isn't about whether or not I want to have him. You need to have him. Because I'm one of those guys that really, I have a code and I also stay in my own lane. I, it's like, I always put my faith in God and the faith that I have. It's like the right people will see me. And when it's seen, it's there. And um, even when the people say to me, hey, man, you're so underrated. I said, I'm not underrated, man. I'm just in my own lane. I'll get there when I get there. You know, I'm a slow simmer, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. I have the same belief, you know. I think what's meant for you is meant for you, and it's going to happen at the moment that it needs to happen. And no man can take it away. Oh, yes. Sir. No man can take it away. That's why when other people get it, you just see me celebrating it, man. You know, I'm, I'm very adamant about that. I'm not good at social media. So that's one of the ways that I'm blessed that my friends are winning, and sometimes they're not even my friends. And I just celebrate them like, yo, so-and-so just won. Here you go. Because that triggers something inside you, man. You'll, you'll naturally start winning when you celebrate other people's wins. Because you're already in that energy. You're in that flow. So you'll be all right. Yeah? Yes, and what is yours is yours and no man can take it away. That's why when someone else gets it and you're like, how did he get that? Oh, man, you're going against nature right there. You're questioning nature right now. Mm. How come I didn't get that? No, dude, or gal, or person. You're wrong right now. You're 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 not even going at that person. It's deeper than that. You're going at nature right now because nature decided that this was for them. So don't question. How come I didn't get that and they got that? That's like oof. The, that's some bad juju that you're sending your way, man. Mm. Most definitely. I'm a yeah, strong, buddy. I'm a strong believer in the, the laws of attraction. So, you know, what you put out there, you, you'll receive as well. Yeah. So uh, uh, we all tend to forget the natural law. There's a, there's, there's, there's man law and then there's natural law. 
and you could refer to it also as nature law, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes people want to want to go against natural law. Like that's not, that's that, that not everybody sees it like that. The way that I just said, Oh, you get angry because someone else got it and you didn't get it. And it's like, Oh dude, you're, you're picking a fight with, with, with nature right now. Mm. You understand me? You're, you're 100% picking a fight with nature. And that's not a fight that you want to have because then it, it just starts. It just, man, nothing's working out for me. Nothing's, wow, dude. So you say no word. You're being a hater. So you're just bringing hate your way mm -hmm. instead of just putting it out. Like, man, I eat, I feed my family. I'm good. Everything else is just icing on the cake. All the wins are just all the wins, you know? Yes, sir. Yeah, buddy. And speaking of wins, um, you was also just on uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon, yeah. This is my fourth time. I've, I've done it during the pandemic. I did it. It all started in 2018 after Adorable came out. And um, I made him laugh, and that bought me a second try. And then I made him laugh the second time, the mm -hmm. second opportunity. And then during COVID, they didn't have many and they brought me in and I did it. That one, actually, they don't even have online anymore because they took down every, anything that had to deal with COVID. They took it down. And then this last time I, I went up and it was, it was a good vibe. And it's also beautiful, man, because I'm a people, people, one of the, one of my things that, I like to do is that I really like when people, when I'm not talking about stuff that you expect me to talk about. So I went on the Fallon show and I did, you know, I did five minutes on Yellowstone, the TV show and the national park. Mm -hmm. And they, they don't expect that for me. They, they really don't. Uh, they, uh, but that's why I ended up in Yellowstone, the park. And I, I don't go, I don't go over there judging and, Oh, there's so many white people around and uh, no, nah, I just, I'm, I go over there, man, bless his heart, rest his soul, Anthony Bourdain. I took that from Bourdain and it's like, just go in there curious, man, just be in there, be open and be curious about the people that are living there, the park. And, and that's what, and I remember coming home after the first night that I was out and hanging out in Montana and just writing that five minutes for the tonight show and i looked over at my wife and i said i think i think i got um, another five minutes for jimmy fallon and because i i love the show and i love what the show does that in a day of uh in a day of of all chaos that that's all that you're seeing on the news or social media because you don't know how to curate the videos that come into your platform you're seeing all this stuff. You could watch Jimmy Fallon at night. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to sleep, look at Jimmy Fallon and be like, that's just silly, man. This guy's so silly and fall asleep like that. Yeah. Rather than watching, you know, the evening news with Nora O'Donnell and it's like the border and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Dude, I know I'm not ignorant. I know that this is happening. I know that people are dying, mm. but man, not everybody can be a soldier all the time at some point. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Even the toughest OG out there, man, tattoos all over his face, everything wants the same thing that like the, the, the most educated Harvard graduate wants, which is, you know, a roof over their head for their family to be safe, water, food. You know, mm. that's it. And I've seen these OGs and you lived in L.A., so I know you've seen them, too. I got to see them in Florida. They're, they're the toughest person. And there's like people are just terrified of this human being. But then you'll see them at a kid's party, at their kid's party or like at a nephew or whatever. And they're just being the softest human being possible to this child. Mm. And it's like, see, that's still a human being there. There's something that happened through his life journey that made him that way. You know what I'm saying? But look, look how he's behaving right now. Or like the toughest dudes that have the most love for their dog, that if something happens to their dog, you see them, their eyes get watery and they don't want you to see them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
It's like it's that humanity, man. They are that humanity's possessed, man. You gotta respect it. Natural law. But yeah, the the tonight show is very welcomed. Uh, it's a very welcome blessing, man, that I have. I never thought that I was gonna do it. You know? Yeah. I just thought, dude, I thought I was just gonna be a guy in Florida. I drive the satellite truck, I work the camera, my wife have a house, we got our two dogs front yard, backyard, we're good. Yeah. We're in the sunshine state, you know? Yeah. There's not a shortage of water, you know? We were good. And then life threw this curveball and I discovered this purpose. And that's the thing. I started, look, I always try to look at it like a purpose of a service and like, let me touch that person. Every time before I go on stage, I said, let 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 whoever needs to hear me really hear me in that audience. So I've I've already had those weird moments, Elmer, where someone has walked up and said, "Man, this is uh, yeah, yeah." I thought this was gonna be my last day. I go, "What? Uh, no, nah, man. I I I'm going through some stuff, and I I decided to come watch comedy today because I thought that today was gonna be my last day, but." Man, you made me laugh, dude. You made me laugh a lot. And I was just like, all right. Hey. The power, you know what I mean? The power of laughter, man. Yeah, buddy. So did, let me ask you a question. Did you get that uh, F-150? No, man. I've been trying. I've been trying. So uh, that's a beautiful thing for the people that haven't seen my last Tonight Show. Please go out and watch it and share it. <laughs> I I did a whole pitch to where I'm talking about buffaloes and how I drove around it with ease thanks to my rented Ford F-150 pickup. And I only say that in hopes of getting Ford to give me a free, fully loaded Ford F-150 pickup. And uh, Elmer, I could not believe, I, I remember doing it in rehearsal there at in New York in the studio at, on Jimmy Fallon and telling the stage manager and the crew, because they're the only ones that are there at that time for rehearsal, mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't believe you guys are letting me do this. And then the stage manager burst out laughing and everybody's laughing. And they're like, we can't believe they're letting you do this. And then I was just like, that was such a, and it was such a signature moment. It was a different, it was a different level of standup. If you watch all my other standup, it was the first time that I didn't have a microphone in my hand. I did it more as a, as a performance piece where I just had the lavalier no microphone in my hand and I got to move both of my hands and be a little bit more free. And, um, mm. it was, it was truly, uh, this, this last time it was, it was joyful, man. It was a different moment. So what do you, what do you got going next? Uh, I got a few things. There's another TV thing, uh, coming up that's, uh, I'm not allowed to talk about. And then thanks to this tonight show and hopefully this TV thing that, uh, I'll come back, uh, um, next, by the way, anytime that you call, I'm here for you. You know what I mean? Whether it's just to be the podcast or you're like, Hey man, I need a little bit of, uh, light, you know, I'm here for you, you know? Yes, so, and, um, hopefully if this other thing goes off, not hopefully I have faith, faith that, um, this next thing that I'm doing that I'm not allowed to talk about is going to generate enough buzz that, uh, then I'll be in Dallas, you know, sold out shows and I'll be in, you know, I'll be all around the country. So right now it's a bunch of one nighters and corporate gigs and I do it all. I'm one of those comics that does everything from a corporate gig to, um, so I don't try to do parties like personal parties. Those are very like that bag would have to be. And I've turned down big bags because it's just so weird that it's like, nah, I'm good. Like the, everything's paid at home. I'm good. I don't, um, but, um, I do it all, man. I do it all. So I stay on the road. The best way is at Hey Lando. You see it. And I just, that's where I post all my stuff. Well, man, I've been seeing your success, man. And I wish you nothing but the best. And thank you. Thank everybody, you. man, if you haven't seen his special, man, y'all need to check it out, man. My brother right here is funny. He is hilarious, man. <laughs> Had me cracking up, man. I'm not just telling you that. Just trying to gas somebody up, man. This is real, man. He's funny. You need to check it out. And um, hopefully we'll see you in Dallas soon. 
Oh, I love to, man. I used to play the improv there, but my buddy Nick Guerra and um, Ralph Barbosa also hyenas. I think that's the comedy club over there also. Yes, but I've come through. I come through a lot through Texas, but it's mostly my stops. It's always Austin. You know, I do the festivals, the Moon Tower, and everything, which I highly recommend. I I, I highly recommend that you even look up where Moon Tower is. Mm. You go over there and do some podcasting on the street type deal just take a take a take a recorder an audio recorder two mics and just go over there and get a bunch of comics and actors and everything moon towers a it's a good vibe it's a good hang and stuff and this year i'm so happy ralph barbosa's there and also my buddy john Wynn. they're both there and along with some other friends but these are like close people so i'm happy i've been able to do it like back to back this the last year this is the first year that I don't do it, but that's more like a contract. I have a contract with some other stuff, yes, like sir. I said earlier. Well, man, thank you again for taking the time to uh, show me some love and, and coming on, on the podcast. And uh, man, I was excited. I was a little nervous. I was like, man, I was like, Orlando's going to be on the show today. I was like, man. And yeah. you know, oh, and there's so many moving parts with the engineer has to be involved even more than normal. And uh, shout out to him. What's your engineer's name? Kenny. Kenny. Kenny's doing an amazing job. We made it happen. It's connected. We're coming through the internet. I'm doing it old school. I'm not even on the Wi-Fi, Kenny. I'm on the Ethernet <laughs> cable. I'm hardwired, Kenny. Man, thank you, man, and salute you, man. On on everything you got going. I wish you the best of luck and blessings, my brother. Blessings. Likewise, man. I want you to be the number one podcast out there. Not the number one Latino podcast. I want you to be the number one podcast out there. And please reach out to Steve Trevino. Reach out to uh, Edwin Licona, uh, the producer of Entre Nos. Uh, reach out to uh, Jesus Sepulveda, Ida Rodriguez, and if use my name, man. I'm saying that on air. Please leave this in. Don't edit it. I'm co-signing for you and use me as a reference to any of these dudes, man. man any of these people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you a lot, man. And um, yeah. But, man, thank you, man. Let's uh, give it up for Orlando Labor. I appreciate it, man. And like yeah. I always say, man, keep your ears to the streets. And I catch you on the block. It's your boy, Money Elms. Peace.